Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. Thank you for listening. Thank you for clicking. I appreciate your time as always. Cinematic Ventures Podcast is back. Gabriel here, and we are ready to go with hopefully another interesting episode, another energetic episode, episode that you're not bored while listening. So I'll, I'll do my best, dear listener. So this one is, I really want to start right off the bat. I, I really uh, just want to uh, get into it because it's a very personal one for me. It's really about the movie that made me the way I am today in terms of appreciating cinema, how I ask the questions about cinema, how I see filmmaking as a process, like everything, everything. That was the movie that started, that really made me start asking the questions. How are they doing this? How are they putting the camera? How does it look so cool? The music, all of that. Basically, that was the moment when um, I transitioned from a regular viewer into to a, a film fan, a film aficionado, as you want to call it. And not just about loving films, also about filmmaking. The reason I'm developing my own uh, little production right now, it's because of that. Because of not just the movie that I will reveal in, uh, in, just, uh, in, in just a minute, but the other movies that I watched in this specific period of time when I was, I was actually very young. I was, I believe, 11, 12 or something. But it really changed me because I remember when I was even younger, when I was like six, seven, I remember being a huge fan, maybe not the right movies for that age, but a huge fan of the Van Damme movies, right? So I'm a 90s kid. So in the 90s, we had all of the great action stars, action stars from the 80s and, and, the, and the 90s and all of that. And I was watching those. I was a Van Damme, still am. I'm still a huge fan of Van Damme, Stallone, Schwarzenegger. These guys are just, just, just icons uh, of cinema. But it was a little movie. Came out in 1995. Shot in 94. The first movie of probably a director you've never heard of. Named Michael Bay. <laughs> And that movie is Bad Boys. Bad Boys won the original with, well, technically, if we if we have to be honest, there is a Bad Boys movie before the Bad Boys we we all know, and it's with Sean Penn. Actually, I believe it came out in the nine in the eighties. So yeah, in all fairness, it's not the Will the Will and Martin Bad Boys. It's not really the first Bad Boys. So with this out of the way, it is today about bad boys and maybe some of you are thinking or some of you are not are thinking oh like bad boys that's a that's a popular classic movie we love it it's a it's it's a hit it's just a beloved movie but not a lot of people would say that this is the movie that made them interested in cinema not just becoming serious film fans but actually being interested in filmmaking but you're going to be surprised. Let me start. Let me let me rewind back a little bit. Now, if you're talking to most people out there, including filmmakers, filmmakers we all love and appreciate, when you ask people, hey, what's the movie that kind of made you a fan of cinema? Usually, we hear the same 
titles, the same 10, 15 titles, and that's it. Star Wars, not even 10, 15, probably just 10 or something. Star Wars, The Godfather, right, 2001, Space Odyssey, Indiana Jones, E.T., Pulp Fiction, basically movies that I personally really love. I love those movies. But it's always the same when you ask people. And I don't doubt that these are the movies that influence them. But there are a lot of other movies that are also influencing people a lot. But we don't hear about them anymore. Is it because people are kind of ashamed to admit that the movie that made them fans of cinema is not like... uh, accepted by film Twitter or the the filmmaking or film fan community as a classic as is all of that so a lot of people are very I've noticed that's that's my observation are very shy about actually admitting what's the movie that made them fans so they just got to go with the safe answer the usual answer even if it's not true oh it's the Godfather oh it's Indiana Jones right so I'm kind of not tired of the same old answers, but I think it gets boring. It gets repetitive. Again, these are all amazing movies. I don't take anything away from them, but there are quite a few amazing movies that deserve to be mentioned, and I'm sure a lot of people appreciate them, but for whatever reason, as I mentioned, they just don't want to admit it. In my case, though, absolutely not. I'm absolutely proud and happy to always say that it was Bad Boys for me that really made me start asking the questions. How are they doing this? Oh, look at the camera. Look at this. Like, I started asking questions that a regular viewer just never asks. And I clearly remember that was in 96. I believe I was 10 or something like that. Uh, I I was very little. Uh, maybe I wasn't supposed to be watching that movie, but I was actually very mature for, for my age at that time. So I remember clearly watching the movie and that opening of Bad Boys. And I assume most of you listeners who had seen Bad Boys have actually seen Bad Boys. So you know what I'm talking about. So the opening with the... Uh, uh, the slick camera move, the editing, the the amazing score by Mark Mancino, which is like an iconic uh, piece of scoring, and that's w- one thing that I'm gonna that I'm gonna mention later on the music of how iconic it is. But all of those little things combined made that scene just completely iconic and in, in a way revolutionary for me when I was watching it. Now. As John Schwartzman, who was uh, Michael Bay's regular DP, he said it many times, look, the stuff that we did, it was it changed the action genre in, in the 90s, but it's not something we've uh, we've never seen before, right? These, this thing's been around since the 30s, all of these camera tricks and all of that, but the way that he and Michael and Jerry, uh, they just created this package of these camera shots, tricks, if you want to call them, the music, the editing. It was just, I always like to say, it's like a one big dance sequence. And as you know, in a dance sequence, everything has to work in perfect harmony with each other. And that's one of the great things about the Jerry the Jerry movies, Bruckheimer movies, the Michael Bay movies, Tony Scott, Ridley Scott, that they are always able to create this harmony of visuals, of music, 
editing, everything just combined together. And Bad Boys for me was the epitome of this when I first saw it. And uh, it was easy for me now looking back to say, oh, I was just a kid. Come on, right? You don't know any better. But no, that was really a really uh, 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 an incredible experience for me, something I'd never experienced before. And I, I had seen movies before Bad Boys, like plenty of movies, movies that I love to this day. But it was Bad Boys, exactly because just the style, you, something you've never really seen before. And for a couple of years, I was just wondering, not because I was doubting the movie as a, as a piece of art. The movie is great, as far as I'm concerned. My opinion, the movie is great. It's a classic. It's just incredibly well-made movie, considering the tight budget and all of the issues uh, that they had. It's Michael's first movie, and uh, the result is just spectacular. But it was, I think, 2010 or something like that. When I, when I was listening to uh, Dan Trachtenberg, who, if you don't know the name, he is now... He actually started as a podcaster, uh, but he is now popular as famous as the director of Prey, the Predator movie, and also 10 Cloverfield Lane, the J.J. Abrams-produced movie. So he's a, he's a legit filmmaker now and a great guy. I'm incredibly happy for his success. And... When I was listening to him, he was on, I believe, the Movie Crypt podcast with uh, Adam Green and Joe Lynch. A great podcast, by the way. I highly recommend it. Uh, these guys are just awesome. I love them. So Dan Trachtenberg was on that podcast, and he was talking because he he is kind of my age. I think he's like a year or two older. And he was talking about the movies that influenced him, that changed the way he saw cinema. And guess what he mentioned? Exactly, Bad Boys 1. And Pulp Fiction, both of those movies. And the interesting part is, uh, him and, and Joe Lynch were discussing Bad Boys, and both of them were focused on the opening of the movie. That unforgettable opening, is, as I already mentioned, with the Mark Mancina score, the banter between Will and Martin in the car, uh, the editing, the fast pace, the slick visuals, the camera work, just everything was just perfect, perfect. And when I, when I heard that another person, right, actually says, he didn't say The Usual Suspects, right, uh, as a movie, The Usual Suspects, not the movie, not Brian Singer's movie, I mean, The Usual Suspects, the other movies that people say when they say they were influenced, like, as I already mentioned, The Godfather, uh, Scarface, like movies that are, we've just heard so many times people mentioning. So in a way, it's kind of like, where we're ending up in this circle, like a circle jerk of exactly the same titles all the time. And it gets kind of boring and it, and it sometimes it gets, it could be a little frustrating, I admit, because you start to wonder, like, there's so many movies out there that deserve so much recognition and have influenced so many people. But for whatever reason, you don't hear a lot about those movies because we're so focused on those 10, 15 movies that everyone and their grandparents know, right? So that's the thing, and uh, just overall, that's the that's one of the reasons why I made this podcast, Cinematic Ventures, exactly because of that, because there's so many great movies that I'm sure people love, have influenced people, have influenced people to become filmmakers, but 
you don't hear about those movies. You don't hear them being appreciated, analyzed the way people analyze Shawshank Redemption or or E.T. or any of the horror movies, The Exorcist and all of that. So well, when I heard Dan Trachtenberg describing exactly how I felt about Bad Boys and how it influenced me, I was like, okay, so this is not a coincidence. Clearly, there really is something about that movie that could really spark right? It make you spark inside to be like, boom, I want to be this. I want to make, I want to be the guy who does this. I want to be the guy who thinks about editing and cinematography and all of that. So uh, I was very happy when I heard that, that this is exactly the movie that influenced Dan as well. And it's not like that, that I needed some sort of a, a confirmation or I, I was doubting my own choices or my own influences. No, it was just nice because I was always used to expecting the same thing. Like, what's the movie that influenced you? Well, same 10 movies that everyone else mentions. So when he said that, it was a very, very pleasant, it was a, it was a huge, huge surprise, a pleasant surprise. And I'm, and I'm very happy. I'm very happy. So it's not by accident and just watching bad boys i can do a, like a whole uh recap of the movie at this point i think i know every single line of the movie but uh, i i just want to make it i guess to make you believe and to make you more certain in your own feelings and how you see things and how you appreciate movies and that you should not be ashamed or shy to actually really admit what was the movie that influenced you. Because, and this is not just me making it up. I've actually heard from people, friends, people that I just know, friends who say, yeah, I really, this was the movie for me, but no one else seems to like it. So that kind of sucks. So people are kind of almost afraid, ashamed to mention a movie that influenced him just because that movie was not quote unquote universally loved or not accepted by the film lovers, filmmaking community as a, as a classic. Like you almost don't have the permission of those groups of people to say that another movie influenced you. And I think that's unfair. I think that's silly. It's completely unfair. There's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong of you saying that for example, Independence Day or Twister or Armageddon influenced you to become a filmmaker or it was the movie that really made you a huge fan of cinema. You transitioned from a regular viewer to, a, to an actual film, dedicated film fan. There's nothing wrong with that. And if you, dear listener, have a movie like that or not just movie about anything in life, anything in life, that's not universally accepted. Because it's the same thing with music, with books, anything that's art, anything that's art related, there are always these uh, pieces of work that are super popular all over the world. Every single person says, that's my favorite, that's the thing that made me a fan, all of that. But again, as I always say, it gets repetitive, it gets boring when we keep mentioning the same movies. And again, I don't doubt that there's a huge number of people who have been influenced by those movies. Absolutely. Of course. These are incredibly popular movies. So it makes sense that a lot of people would see them. So in, uh, um, as a result, you're going to see a lot of people being influenced. So it makes sense. 
But at the same time, I will always argue, as I always say, I'm going to die on that hill. There are always quite a few, like, incredible amount of other great movies that are not so popular, not so, I guess, universally beloved by critics or whatever the film-loving community, whatever you want to call it. But still, those movies influence people. So don't be afraid. Don't be shy. Don't think you people are going to make fun of your taste. Don't think people are going to ignore you or make fun of you because you don't fit into the narrative or the expectations of liking the same movies as everyone else. Like you ask 10 people, what's your 10 favorite movies? Eight out of 10 will probably say the same movies that we all know over and over again. And again, this is not a criticism for those movies. Not at all. I love them as well. But quite a few people are just, honestly, they're just ashamed to admit that they like so many other movies, more so than, there's nothing wrong of, of, for example, of you saying, oh yeah, I enjoy Independence Day more than Shawshank Redemption. There's nothing wrong. It doesn't mean your taste sucks. That's the thing that I always try to, uh, uh, try to, I, I guess, describe to people, try to make them understand that you should not feel guilty for enjoying a movie that's quote-unquote popcorn movie, even though I never really agreed with some of those terms. A movie is a movie. It's part of a genre. There's an action genre. There's a fantasy. There's science fiction. There's drama. And that's it. Just because a movie is made with a huge budget, there's a lot of comedy and CGI, and it's made for for the multiplex in 3D IMAX, and it's released in on July 7th, July 4th, doesn't mean it's a silly popcorn movie that you can just ignore. But unfortunately, we are living in a world where there are a lot of uh, stamps. Everything gets branded before it's even released. Like, oh yeah, this movie came out. Yeah, it was good for a silly, uh, empty, hollow, just popcorn flick. It was good. And I, I don't really behave that way when it comes to movies. I judge movies like on an equal platter. I put them, it's an action genre, this is it. No popcorn, no uh, no popcorn, no artsy fartsy stuff, right? So it's very, uh, it's, a, it's a very complicated topic, but this is something that I will keep talking about because I believe it's important. I believe it's important and I believe it's important for people to feel relaxed, to not feel like they're going to be attacked, discouraged, made fun of because of their taste, because they said that, oh, I love Airheads, or I love, or one of my favorite movies is an Adam Sandler movie or something like that. You shouldn't be afraid of that. You shouldn't be afraid of sharing how you really feel, because as I mentioned, a lot of people pretend, a lot of people pretend they have completely different tastes, but just because they want to fit in, in the group and just life in general. They would say something that's just generally accepted. It's almost like a cliche at this point. So they would say it just to fit in. So going around, circling back to what I started, to where I started with Bad Boys, I never felt the need to give extra explanation, right? When I was mentioning that movie is, a, is, a, is the number one influence for me when I was growing up, the movie that made me a film fan and interested in filmmaking, I never really had to apologize for it. And in all fairness, most of the people when I talked, and I've talked to, been great, I've been uh, 
I guess, uh, lucky enough to talk to a lot of people from all over the world, both filmmakers and film fans. And when we discussed this, uh, when I would mention it, uh, I, I will say, yeah, you're probably surprised it's Bad Boys, right? And they would usually say, no, no, it's a, it's a great movie. It's just, and they will say it, people who react, they will say, it's just not the movie that you will hear as an influence on someone. And that's what I'm trying to change. Not because my experience or my opinion is so special, not at all. I'm just, especially after listening to Dan Trachtenberg and his views and his, um, uh, his uh, upbringings in terms of uh, cinema, I realized, and talking just to other people, I realized there are a lot of people, a lot of people in the, in the same position. But because we live in a world where you're so afraid of being canceled because of your taste or what you say or anything or what you do, that people are so careful and they're not being honest. They're not being genuine with how they really feel. So even if they like, even if there's a person, and I've seen it, trust me, guys, I, I've seen it, I've seen it with friends, and I always try to um, encourage them to be braver. I've seen it with people who I know they love a certain movie, but if they're in a certain situation with other film fans, they're going to pretend like they haven't even seen it, or they're just going to talk about the usual movies that we all know, the boring list, as I call it. Boring because it's just been mentioned to death billions of times before. So I think it's time for people, and that's what I'm going to do in the future with the podcast. Just inviting guests, people, and I will encourage them to talk about movies that were that they were influenced by, but movies that are not the usual suspects of movies. Not the Shawshank, not, um, uh, not Indiana Jones, not Star Wars, not Star Trek, not The Exorcist, or Citizen Kane, or Casablanca. These are all great movies, absolutely. I'm sure they have influenced much more people than, let's say, uh, Independence Day or Twister. I get that. But we need to show love to plenty of other movies that absolutely deserve more recognition. And I think we can be in agreement on this one. I'm sure you, dear listener listening right now, I'm sure you have movies that you love that the consensus, critical or online or whatever, ratings, it's not very positive, but you still love the movie. And my advice to you is don't ever change. Keep loving that movie. Keep defending it. Same thing. Same thing in other, uh, other areas of art, music, books, whatever, whatever it is. If you like it, you have good reasons for it. Don't ever change. Don't be shy. Don't be afraid to say how you really feel. Don't be afraid to really step up and say, yes, this is the movie that influenced me. Yes, this is not Citizen Kane. I get it. Does it mean it's less than Citizen Kane? No, not at all. And... Of course, you're going you're, you're gonna to hear very often, you're going to hear people who say, oh, that's a guilty pleasure for me, this movie. Or that movie is a guilty pleasure. Well, with all due respect, I, I understand what the phrase means, guilty pleasure. I get it. I get it that it's a comfortable way of expressing your feelings towards a piece of art that you don't think that seriously. But I personally, I don't use that expression. And I think it's, it's kind of insulting towards the filmmakers who made the movie. Even if it's a movie like The Room, right? Movies that are just, you know that the guy who made it was 
Kama was so, I mean, it's been said so many times. Just, um, they were, well, not really the most competent filmmaker, let's put it that way. But even with that movie, he tried to do something, right? So I, I, I just think it's weird to say guilty pleasure. So I never use that term myself. Number one, I don't really feel guilty for enjoying something. Like I remember hearing it a lot when Charlie's Angels 2 came out. People were saying, oh, guilty pleasure, oh, guilty pleasure this, oh, guilty pleasure that, oh, guilty pleasure this. I was like, why guilty? Number one, we have to judge movies. I always say this, and this is for, this is, I'm going to make another whole episode about this. It's very simple how we judge, judge movies because people very often, they, they would forget. They, they kind of lose track of what cinema is. They kind of don't remember that cinema is divided by different genres of movies. So just because you have a movie like, uh, let's say, John Wick, violent, grim, and all of that, and there's not a lot of um, quote-unquote fun, light moments, right? Like you have on, on a Charlie's Angels in a Charlie's Angels movie. So when you watch Charlie's Angels, are there like impossible, like almost fantasy sequences that are clearly not doable in real life? Absolutely. Is it? Are there moments that are intentionally silly just to get a laugh? Absolutely. It doesn't mean the movie itself doesn't take itself seriously as an action piece. So as an action movie, as an action comedy, the movie works. I always say this to people, always. You have to ask yourself a couple of very important questions. Number one, the question is, what the movie promises? What is the thing that a specific movie promises? And the question afterwards should always be, does that movie deliver on that promise? So when you have a movie like Charlie's Angels, Full Throttle, what's the promise behind that movie? Fun, cool-looking characters, fun moments, comedy, a lot of action, CGI, colorful images, a lot of fun. That's it. That's what the movie promises. If you see the poster, you've seen the first movie, you know exactly what, what to expect. And the second question, does it deliver on that promise? Let's do it. Bullet points, one by one. Action, comedy, all of that. Yes, it does deliver, which means automatically the movie does its job. Now, personally, subjectively, whether you like the action, the choices that McGee did and, and his crew, the comedy, the, the way characters look, the, uh, everything they say, whether you personally like it, does it work for you? That's completely different. Objectively, the movie delivers on its promises. Action, comedy, all of that. Starting from that point, whether people like it subjectively, how they feel about it, about each one of the scenes, all of those things, that's a different story. So I always say this to people. We have to judge movies objectively, fair, without being quick to be snarky. And I get it. We live in a world where snarkiness and uh, being just criticizing and trashing and bashing and being negative, that's what sells. That's what gets you clicks right? And I'm perfectly aware of that. And I, I, I could have easily made this podcast into a 
just like one of the many podcasts, I could have easily made it a very provocative piece of podcasting with provocative titles and the stuff that I say being provocative and all of that. But that's not me. That's not uh, the nature of the platform and the other people who are helping me with the platform. They share my views. They share my, uh, my overall opinion of cinema and how cinema it kind of we, we we turn it into like almost like a fast food joint like something easily disposable like a movie comes out especially if it's a it's a streamer's movie like we talk about it for a few days oh this sucks oh this this sucks and like three days later we we, we forgot about it we forget about it so it's it's uh, the state of cinema it's it's kind of like I wouldn't say in, uh, in in danger. I wouldn't say that uh, movie making is in trouble now. Yes, maybe AI and all of that maybe in the future, but we still see a lot of movies. But the problem is that we live in a world where and it's it's been that way forever. Honestly, now we see it more the negative the negativity, the the snarkiness, the 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 all of the crazy behavior and people just dismissing and making fun of films and filmmakers for really silly reasons. Thing is, these types of people, this kind of behavior, it's always been there, always. It's just now we have the magnifying glass, which is which is social media. And we are all on social media, one way or another. And even if we try to, I, I, honestly, I've tried to uh, ignore a lot, of the, uh, a lot of that behavior online, but it's almost impossible to ignore. If you check the news, or you just check your news feed on Facebook or or Twitter or Instagram, you're, you're bound to, to stumble upon someone who is just way out there, right? So basically with the podcast and with this episode that you're listening, the, the very reason I'm talking about uh, the movie that inspired me, Bad Boys, is exactly that, just to give a little bit of balance, right? Because... A lot of people would dismiss these types of movies. Oh, this is an action comedy, silly action comedy. It's like, these types of movies are impossible. It is this kind of a title. It's impossible to influence someone and to make them a filmmaker. Like, oh, this is not... Usually it's the serious, quote-unquote, serious pieces of work. Kubrick, right? Billy Wilder. um, All of those filmmakers that I also enjoy. I love their movies. But... It's just not fair to dismiss so many other pieces of uh, of, uh, of cinema as guilty pleasures or as as movies that just are, impo- are are impossible to please someone or to inspire someone to become a filmmaker or just a film lover. Both are great. Appreciating movies, it's it's just amazing. Just as a fan, I mean, there wouldn't be cinema the way we know it now without fans, without moviegoers so that's what i wanted to discuss and yeah i was all over the place with a lot of different tops as you can see there are a lot of things to discuss when it comes to that but basically uh, what i wanted to do with this episode is just to give you a little bit of courage if you're listening if you're in a situation where uh, your taste doesn't really fit the mainstream right which is Oh, you should love these types of movies, right? You should agree with uh, this list of IMDb's top 100 movies. And if you disagree, if you say you don't like one of those movies, then 
your opinion sucks or you have you don't know what you're talking about you have no you have bad taste in movies no you shouldn't feel bad you should feel absolutely positively encouraged determined to just say it as, as you really feel it like I love anger management, you could say, with Adam Sandler. I love that movie. That movie changed my life. And I'm sure there are people who would say that. But again, they don't say it. Not because it never happened. It, I'm sure it happened because I've heard it from people. But exactly because of the way our society is. So don't be afraid. Don't be shy. Say it as it is. Even if it's a movie that's been trashed by people or critics or a song or a book. If you love it, if you have good reasons, if you can really explain why you love it so much, why is it and why does it influence you? Uh, what are the, the the little bits and pieces that you really appreciate? And of course you could you can give a constructive criticism. There could always be a constructive criticism. There's nothing wrong with that. But there's one thing to give a constructive criticism. It's totally different when you're just trashing and bashing just for the sake of getting more clicks and getting more likes. So that's what I wanted to do with this uh, episode. And uh, hopefully you you feel a little, a little bit better about your taste. If there are movies that you feel like you love, but other people or a majority of people don't love, don't feel bad. Don't feel bad. Just go for it. Admit it. Make a list. Make your own podcast. Just talking about those movies. Share it with the world. Don't be afraid. Don't be... Don't be concerned what people will say about your taste or about you as a person. Absolutely. Just go for it. So this is something that I'm going to continue to discuss uh, in the future. Obviously, this is a huge, huge topic. But uh, thank you for listening for now. This is, <clears throat> I'm thinking of being it like part one of uh, the little conversation about movies that influence me. So... In the next episode, I will be mentioning other movies along with Bad Boys that really influenced me. I'm going to get into more detail as to what exactly about those movies influenced me. So uh, hopefully you're going to be there. You're going to click on it. You're going to listen to it. Hopefully you're going to enjoy it. If, uh, If you have some constructive criticism, if you have something, anything to say about the podcast, any suggestions, feel free to do it. Leave a comment on YouTube or the email Whatever you decide, we're here. We're listening. And we want to make sure that uh, people get something out of this podcast, that it's not just uh, an empty an empty listen, right? Uh, that's the point with, with, the whole, with the whole platform is that we, uh, I mean we, people who love cinema, people who create cinema, get something out of it. It makes us appreciate something uh, a bit more or it makes us think about something uh think twice about something right change maybe we can change our minds it could be a lot of different things and i'm excited about it so again thank you so much appreciate your time we will be back very very soon we'll be back with another episode gabriel signing off thank you